The Blinkist app takes the key takeaways from thousands of best-selling nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes for you to read or listen to. And you can get 25% off your first year at Blinkist.com slash TMS. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash TMS and start your seven-day free trial. Coming up on TMS, just talking about Arrow's Shaft. Free these nuts. Scott and Brian's J-Lo Sandwich. Carbon neutral boobies. Double bird up the hoo-ha. 7-Eleven delivers now? They do. You're in my special area 51. Making things with Bill. Jury duty and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Haunted by mildew stains and soap scum? Terminate them with Tylex Instant Mildew Stain Remover. Spray Tylex on mildew stains and they vanish with no scrubbing. Spray Tylex on soap scum, then wipe it out of existence. Terminate mildew stains and soap scum with Tylex. Now I want the worst. The Morning Stream. It's like this show that you're listening to right now, but better. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to TMS. It is the morning stream for July, <laughs> July 16th, 2019. I'm Scott. He's Brian. Hi, Brian. Good morning. Listen to that 49-year-old uh, <clears throat> screaming voice right there. Just about to turn over the clock. Wow. Tomorrow's Man. the big day. Do you already have, uh, have you got a walker picked out and are you going to attach tennis balls to the to the legs of it? Oh, hell yeah. Just so that they don't scuff the floor? Yeah, but I'm going to start with the cane one that has them on there first. I'll, then I'll uh-huh. get to the full walker. That's a few years later, I think. <laughs> oh, are you going to get the cane that has the four little legs mm-hmm. on the bottom instead of one point? Like it's basically like got a little mm-hmm. a little miniature table? Yeah, who's the... Who's the um, Pixar character. Oh, in Up, the old man in Up has uh, that. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, he's exactly. got the tennis balls on the little thing. It's just a cane. So we're gonna start that way. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna take forever to pee. What else? What else can I do? Um, Listen, I'm gonna take advantage of the fact that for two weeks, two weeks, <laughs> uh, you're gonna be 50 and I'm gonna be 49. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because There's, it's not that far, man. Two weeks is nothing. Isn't. No, no, exactly. Oh my gosh, that's weird to think. It's weird to think way, that our Corey mothers. Feldman, Corey Feldman turned forty-eight today. Oh, how about, good. How is that? Good, good. He's he deserves it. He deserves a long, <laughs> long existence. Uh, Brian spent a little bit of the morning sending me weird Corey Feldman photos that all look like Yoko Ono for some reason. Yeah, there's it's like it's weird how there's uh, there's a bunch of Corey Feldman photos online where you can put them side by side with Yoko Ono photos and say I can't tell who's who. Yeah, they're indistinguishable. It's very weird. And um, that was fun, though. I enjoyed that. And uh, happy birthday to him. May he ever reign as yes. one of the weirdest child actors in the 80s who has grown up and survived somehow. Somehow. Yeah. yeah. Somehow he's Yeah, you know what? I think I think uh, he made a lot of people lose a lot of bets. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have bet. I mean, I'm not really a betting guy, but I would have said that... Um, I don't know if any of those guys are going to struggle or... I guess he's struck. It's not like it's been easy for him. Right, right, right. But he did struggle. There's no suicide. There's no drug overdoses. There's none of that stuff. Right. So that's something, I guess. I don't know. Good for him. Uh, yeah. You don't see him do much uh, in films anymore, but I wonder if like that... They're doing that new TV series about... um, What is it? The vampire one. Uh, Lost Boys. They're doing a Lost Boys series. 
Oh, and yeah, uh, right. he could he could show up in there as a cameo. He so. totally should, like Frog Brother. You know, <laughs> wasn't they, weren't they the Frog Brothers? <laughs> they were, but I don't think they're gonna like say. And now it's the modern time, and the Frog Brothers are old. I bet he just plays some guy. He probably just. Plays I don't know. Guy. I mean, you could totally do like he's some he's some Obi Wan kind of character. No, what you got to make sure you do is don't eat the the noodles because they're really gonna be maggots. <laughs> <laughs> Really helping everybody out. Well, then what does Kiefer yeah. Sutherland do? Oh, he's dead, though. His character, I mean, not the actor. Kiefer, Kiefer, yeah, Kiefer Sutherland's character is dead. Yeah, Sorry. so he can't come back. But I don't think they're, they're not doing a sequel. They're doing like a a retelling. It's like a it's, reboot. Okay. Yeah, it's like a whole new show or a whole new story. Uh, maybe the same story. I don't know. But it's all, all new. Maybe it's set in modern times. I don't know. But uh, that'd be cool. Uh, Holy nice, cow. Yeah. So J.K. Grammer posted a link uh, in Ranker from Ranker.com. Celebrities who turn fifty in twenty nineteen. Do you want to hear some people who are turning fifty along with the two of us? Let's do it. Who are who? What of our generation are rolling who over are, that clock? Our contempt. I guess you can't really call them contemporaries. I don't know what you call them. Our our uh, our our uh, twenty nineteen fifty year celebratory sure uh, brethren. Why not? Jennifer Aniston. Yay. Turned fifty February eleventh. Nice. Nice. Speaking of Jennifer's, Jennifer Lopez is turning uh 50 in about a week mm -hmm. actually about a week after you do oh so she's right she's sandwiched between the two of us she's sandwiched between the two of us it goes it goes it's a, it's a jennifer lopez sandwich okay wow <laughs> it's the bread all right uh it's gonna be t m l uh t m j l s yeah the there you go goes. nailed it uh catherine zeta jones uh september 25th okay. went stefani on october 3rd all right all right all right, all right. he yeah. keeps getting older and everybody else keeps staying the same age matthew mcconaughey november 4th yeah yeah kate blanchett Ooh. that surprises me nothing doesn't surprise me because i think i heard it before but she's just eternally beautiful i don't she's eternally beautiful and i've always thought she was a lot older oh really she interesting yeah she okay uh, I, i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna agree she's like She's she's weird in this way because she's both stunningly beautiful, but she's always played very mature in her roles. Like she yes, seems very that's, mature, and that's exactly it. I yeah. don't think it's it's the fact. Oh my God, she looks old. It's the fact that that she carries herself like a a, um, a woman of a much mature, much more mature. Yeah, she's awesome. I could watch her do anything. She's amazing. Uh, Jay Z also turning. Uh, oh, Jay Z, uh, a, a, a husband to Beyonce, Queen B. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Sean, Puffy, Puff Daddy, Diddy, Puffy, Puff Snoop, Puff, <laughs> puffy, uh, puffy, Combs puff dog, is yeah. turning fifty. All right. All right. Nice. <laughs> Matthew Perry turns uh, fifty about two weeks after I do. Oh, so him and could Jennifer he Aniston. Be any are... older? Yeah. Could... <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just say something real quick about him and Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston, yeah. go look, go Google him. She looks great. Yeah, he looks spent. He's done. He he uh, he vacillates though between looking really bad and looking really good, and it really does. The fact that he's got, kind of got a, um, and I think I've kind of got it too. You know, like the extra, a extra the extra yep. neck. I'm getting that uh, too. When he leaves that unshaven, it makes him look like he's like he's uh, seventy. Yeah. Um, Gerard Butler, he oh. who uh, uh, saved the White House a couple weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> we just watched. Save that White House. He's uh, there's 300 of them somewhere. All 300 of them. Well done. Good job, buddy. Uh, Paul Rudd. Yeah. 
see if I've got any more here. And Edward Norton. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. doesn't look a day over 15. Oh, Peter Dinklage just turned 50. Oh, well, congrats to him as well. Damn, Jason Bateman, Christian Slater, Dave Grohl, Ellen Pompeo. So many. Bobby Bobby Brown, Terrence Howard, Michael Sheen, Brett Favre. Hold on, Michael Sheen. Uh, that was Michael just in uh, Good Omens, Michael Sheen? Good Omens, yeah. Oh, and that's fantastic. Frost Nixon, Michael Sheen. Okay, all right. Holy yeah, cow, there are a lot. Jason Priestley. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Dr. Ken, Ken Jeong, Jack Black. Uh-huh. Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> we're getting into the... We're, we're, <laughs> oh, no, Dave Batista. I thought we were getting into the dregs, but we're not getting into the dregs. Norman Reedus. Oh, Javier yeah. Bardem. Yeah. Look at these cool names. Chaz Bono. Oh, well, I would have said, I would have said, I would have said, uh, um, uh, Javier Bardem, older, way older, right? But yeah. not, in a, but kind of in a Kate Blanchett kind of way, a mature, right. yes. uh, mysterious right. sort of age. Like, that's weird that he's our age. That's strange. Patton Oswalt, Thomas Punisher, Thomas Jane. Oh, wow. Thomas Jane. He's equally he's... punishing and H. <laughs> uh, Trey Parker. <laughs> Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Or how's Matt Stone posing to say? All right, that's fine. Uh, Saeed from uh, Lost, Naveen Andrews. Naveen Andrews, nice. Uh, there we go. That's it. Now I've gotten to the bottom of the list. That's Oof. a lot of people. That's Scott, a lot that of are... cool. That's a lot of cool people. I like the fifty-year club, man. I feel like we're we're in good company with the fifty-year club. Yeah, they're all they're this. There are a lot of talented, uh, beautiful people on that list. There are. Well done. And 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 H. And we're... Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> I like N H. I think uh, she just went through kind of a weird phase. Uh, she ran around. Got the, weird for did she run around a neighborhood naked or something and show up in people? I think that's it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I can't. I can never remember if the stories were Anne H or Margot Kidder. <laughs> but I think. I think they're the same. Similar stories for the two of them, and I can't remember who was who. What did I? The last movie I saw Anne H in was the one that she was in with uh, um, Harrison Ford, and I don't remember the name. Yeah, of seven that. Days and Six Nights. Yeah. Or whatever it was. That was called. not a great movie. It was kind of bad. It really was not. No, but it was prescient, right? Because Harrison Ford crashes his. His private plane. Oh right, but he didn't. Do, he did that in Mosquito Coast too, didn't he, or something? I did he? I can't remember. There's some. There's something about Harrison Ford crashing multiple virtual planes, and then <laughs> maybe it was an Indiana Jones movie where he did it or something. Something happened like that. Uh, well, he jumped out with a raft, a life raft, in uh, <laughs> Temple of Doom. Instead of, instead of just calmly landing it on a golf course like he like he should have. Oh yeah, Air Force One crashes a plane. Oh right, get off my mother effing. No, he doesn't say that. Get off my get off my plane. He just says. Yeah. Uh, get your mother effing Gary Oldman off this mother effing plane. <laughs> I also remember her uh, Anne Haitian was it volcano. Oh uh, yeah, or yeah. earthquake. With, uh, Pierce Brosnan, right? Is that the right one? I'm thinking. I think it was Tommy Lee Jones. Because it was Dante's Peak. And Volcano at the same time. Oh, yeah. And Dante's I, Peak is Pierce Brosnan. Volcano is Tommy Lee Jones. And I think okay. she was with Tommy Lee Jones. I could be wrong. I'm not, gotcha. not 100% okay. sure on that. But well done, Anne Heche. Welcome to the 50 Club. May we all ever reign. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, I got a thing I want to talk about. So you and I are, yes. uh, we're all in on, you know, we like streaming content. Um, we do. We're we fans. Do. We like our we like our content when we want it. We want what we want when we want it. And yeah. uh screw TV guide. We're also pleased that a lot of the streaming content is good, turns out. Like I know. Yeah. These services have, have done well with their stuff. And so Oh, that reminds me, I'm an episode behind on Handmaid's Tale. But anyway, uh we have a new player in town. 
Or is it an old player? Hmm, kind of a combo mm. of those two things. Everything right? we know about HBO Max. This is Warner Media's new streaming service. And you're thinking to yourself, wait, I've already got HBO Go and HBO Now. What's HBO Max? All right, here's what we know. You want to know what we know? Yes, yeah, because I didn't know we knew anything yet. All right, cool. What do we know? Here's what we know. When will it be available? According to the initial announcement, customers will have access to HBO Max subscriptions beginning spring of 2020. So it's not too far off, but a little vague. There's no actual date, but we have spring. Whatever Mm -hmm. spring means, whatever spring brings, I guess. Sure. Uh, How much will it cost? No official subscription price from HBO yet, but there are indicators that say it'll be more expensive than similar services on the market. Uh, Back in June, the Wall Street Journal reported it. Warner Media was considering a rate of 16 to 17 per month for the service. Uh, That's more than the current HBO Now, which is $14.99. Uh, which is very more, you know, that's much more channel specific. One would assume that because it's higher than Netflix, higher than Hulu's ad-free option, and much higher than Disney's new thing, and mm-hmm. Showtime's for that matter, they're all lower, uh, that this isn't just HBO content. This is Warner Brothers across the board. Right. So you'd have right. DC content. All the DC and, stuff. Yeah, in theory. And, you know, Warner Brothers movies, which could impact... Um, I mean, if they're pulling a Disney here, this could impact Netflix and other services, you know, Prime and mm-hmm. Hulu in a kind of a gnarly way because it would take a lot of movies out of there. But I guess we'll see. Anyway, uh, so we don't know, but that's the current rumor floating around that we're talking talking somewhere north, just north of 15 bucks, 16 bucks. Okay. Here's what shows will be. All the Emmy-winning library of acclaimed HBO shows will be the backbone of Max, Game Naturally, of Thrones. Yep. Uh, you got your uh, your Westworlds and your Six in the Cities and Sopranos and all the stuff I already get on HBO now. <laughs> right. Um, that'll be there. Uh, let's see. I think a lot. You know what I actually think is happening here? I think Warner's mm-hmm. counting on the idea that, at the very least, however many million people are subscribed to HBO now will say, oh, it's only two extra bucks. I'll just do this and get everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean that's what that. I would do. I would I, on, I totally would drop HBO, go HBO now and do this yeah. uh, without without question. Obviously, I like getting the HBO content. Um, <clears throat> and I know we're probably getting to this because we're going to talk about the other networks that they're going to be uh, kind of going with. But I'm curious if they're going to have the movie content that HBO now and HBO Go provide. Because I know it's going to be a lot of... Oh, right. A lot of... Um, network stuff. I mean, the if it's DC the price, stuff, if the, the price is more, I see. I don't know how those deals work, right? Like, I don't know how their mm-hmm. their um, HBO's. I don't know how that stuff works. That's probably separate, but probably still included. Like, that still would just happen the way it already happens, and then yeah. you would just get them there. But I, yeah, that's a really good question because um, because the because guns are out, dude. They're, this is everybody kind of staking yeah. their claim going, we're, we want to do our own thing or we're all in on Netflix or whatever. So, yeah, you may be right. There could be something weird there. Um, there's it's, some there's yeah. some non-HBO stuff here for sure, though. This is It was big news that they got Friends, which was a Warner Brothers television uh, production in the first place, but they got Friends back. It's leaving Netflix, and uh, you're going to get your Friends over there on HBO Max. Uh, also, the Will Smith sitcom "The Fresh Prince of Bel Air." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is are people clamoring for that? Like, are they saying we need to be able to stream all those episodes? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I don't know. It's Maybe. weird, right? I don't know. It's very yeah. weird. Uh, you got your uh, your your Pretty Little Liars, seen uh, your CW teen soap drama, 
Wow. So one app will provide both our big little lies and our pretty little liars. Yep. And our Riverdales and our oh. uh, sp- there's a new Riverdale spinoff called Katie Keene, which I don't know what that is. Ooh, I can't wait to not- I can't wait to watch that one even less than I watch Riverdale. Could not. I could not <laughs> encourage you more to not watch Riverdale. I freaking hate it. <laughs> I really hate it. Like, I, I don't, TV can come and go and it can be bad and good and yeah, it can be middling sure. and whatever. I think Riverdale is really, really like legitimately objectively bad. Yeah, bad. Yeah, it's bad TV. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, nah. listen. I still watch the other CW, uh, the Berlanti stuff. I watch uh, uh, Flash, and I'm so glad Arrow's coming to an end because that thing has been feels like it's been circling the drain for a couple seasons. But I I want to finish it to its ultimate conclusion just to see how bad it can get. I yeah. guess. Yeah, you've enjoyed the Legends tip. Tomorrow though is is a dumpster fire of awesome. You've enjoyed the tip of his arrow. You just like the full shaft at this point. Right. Saying. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Just the just the tip, Oliver yeah. Queen. Um, <laughs> but uh, I have not started Black Lightning yet, and that is on my list to start. Um, is that good? It's supposed to be? It's supposed it. to be really good, and uh, like Ro, Ro uh, really likes it, and he's recommended it to me. The problem with it is that it doesn't, there's no interaction between that and the other Berlanti shows. So it's like, all right, well, I'm going to watch the ones that kind of connect to each other before I... Right. Um, pick up another one. Good idea. Jeannie uh, in the chat says, I've dropped all Berlanti shows except for Legends. She thinks that's hilarious. Legends is hilarious. I mean, if there's if you watch just one Berlanti uh, CW DC show, Legends is absolutely the one because it's they they have they give zero Fs. Um, they will <laughs> create plot lines that that. Uh, are completely out there. I think there was a unicorn farting or killing, uh, stabbing people with its uh, uh, horn last season or maybe two seasons ago. I mean, it really is a, it's a great one to watch. All right. I'll take your uh, thing. All right. Here's the, here's the hint at what movies might happen. Okay. So to answer your question earlier. So we do, so we are going to get some movies. A little bit of a hint. It says uh, in the 42nd promotional video they used to announce this thing, there is a clip of the wizard of Oz. This suggests HBO max could be home to some classic film titles. Um, remember that you remember this subscription film struck and everyone loved it. I remember the name, but I don't remember. I never, I never signed up for it. And it was a Warner Turner affiliated service that, uh, they absorbed. I want to say they bought it or did something. I can't remember the deal, but people loved it. It was like classic. It was all classic movies and tons of it mm-hmm. and criterion stuff and all that, or maybe criterion was separate. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, they own that now, so in theory, they could roll that in. Uh, anyway, they're talking about having their own movies, and they're obviously stars born, Crazy Rich Asians, Wonder Woman, Woman. Uh, she featured prominently in the uh, in the trailer there, the, the Gal Gadot Gadot. Mm-hmm. Uh, compared to TV options, uh, it looks like must, it's, it's just must, much less clear as to what the library will be and if it'll even mirror what HBO has on its own, so we don't know. Uh, original content. Very few details about that, except for the stuff that's obviously HBO originals. But we don't know if it's like right. the does Max have its own set of originals and exclusives that aren't available on regular HBO and nobody right. knows. Well, the Dune, the Dune uh, series. Uh, oh, where's is that coming. going? Is that HBO? That's coming HBO. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, the Sisterhood. There's a Gremlins animated series based on the 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 first movie. I'd much rather have one kind of base that continues from the second movie because I love, I, 
you know, if I felt guilty about loving it, I'd call it a guilty pleasure, but it is just a pleasure. I don't know why I love that movie so much, but I do. Yeah, I like it too. Um, why aren't we film sacking that? What's going on with us? Uh, we're on? waiting for it to be streaming, but oh. it is on our must-sack list. All right. The Flight Attendant, which is a Kaylee Cuoco thing. Um, Tokyo Vice, which stars Ansel Elgort, who should have been Han Solo. Nice. Um, oh, right. Maybe, uh, uh, yeah, that guy. Yes, I know who you mean. Yeah. Baby Driver. Yeah. Yep. He's cool. I like him. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, this is a this one feels like a no brainer if you're already signed up for HBO Now or HBO Go because it's basically here's all that stuff. And if you like DC stuff and there's some good stuff on DC, um, then you can uh, just add it. Yeah. For- well, there you go. There's your breakdown. I uh, don't know if that helps anybody decide if that's something they want to do or not. In our current uh, hellscape of streaming services, it's another It's another one. It's a thing yes. to pay for. So looking for, for it. Uh, the yeah. Kaylee Cuoco oh. thing, I hadn't heard of that. What's that deal? She's a... The she's flight a f- attendant. It's a thriller, I think. Oh. Um, but it's a series. It's not a... Um, let's see here. Uh, attendant. It's written by somebody famous, too, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, it is based on a novel by Chris... Bojalian, mm. and it is a mesmerizing tale of denial and revelation. Mm. Um, hold I'm on, mes- let me get the let me I'm, get the quick plot. I, I'm mesmerized by your description. <laughs> it's a young woman's erotic journey from Milan to Minsk. Mm, perfect. <laughs> So it sounds like. No, uh, let's see here. Mesmerizing tale of denial and revelation. The flight attendant opens in an opulent hotel suite in Dubai where Cassandra Bowden awakens to find herself in bed with a dead man. He had been a passenger on her flight the day before. He was handsome and a flirt. And when he asked her to rendezvous for a romantic dinner after they landed, she couldn't say no. Just as she can never say no to the seductive pleasures of alcohol. This time, her <laughs> binge drinking has ended in bloody in a bloody crime scene. But she has no memory of any intruders. Could she have murdered her mysterious date? If not, who did? Oh my gosh, that's really intense. Find out with the silly girl from Big Bang Theory. Yeah, <laughs> yep, that's the one. Wow. Yeah. All right. I've sure. And if you ask me, the best reason to watch the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Um, that show's over now. It's, yes. Okay. Over and done. All right. And uh, good for them. It went kicking and screaming, still, uh, still throwing out pop culture references with no, uh, you know, with no, uh, um, what's the word? Self awareness. Yeah. Of, you know, just basically randomly saying, "Well, Spock would do this." Yeah, or, that went too long too. That stuff. Yeah. Like I just, mm, I don't know. Early on, I had hopes in that show, and I, and I, you know, I'm not going to say I wasn't entertained here and there. But in the end, I think I'm done. I think I'm good. Tina, wa- Tina wanted to watch the ending or the the final episode, the final two episodes. So we watched the final two episodes, and I think there was a funny commercial for something <laughs> that came up during that. But I think that's about the only time I I chuckled or laughed. Was she that. was she entertained? Did you get what she wanted no. out of it? No. no. All right. It's a bummer. No. When uh, when Russell Crowe came out and said, "Are you not entertained?" Tina raised her hand and said, "Yeah, I'm not. Thanks. I'm not entertained." <laughs> yeah. I always say that when Russell Crowe comes out. That's not true. I like Russell Crowe. All right, so uh, <clears throat> moving on, let's uh, let's uh, get going here with the, the day's news. Yeah. There's important breaking news we have to cover on the it show, is. and it starts right here. This is your radio newscaster with another exclusive sensational summary of world and local events. It's the news, and it's brought to you by... 
countdown. The last three days, July 16th, 17th, 18th, and well, today I'm not counting. So four days, four days, because on Friday, I'm closing applications for America's Next Top Podcaster. So this is your last chance to be part of season two. We're going to start picking our 12 contestants over the weekend, and uh, they're going to be coached and prodded along and massaged ever so gently virtually by our three uh, judges, Scott, uh, Jury, and new judge, Jenny Josephson, because we don't have enough J's in our judging panel. Judge Josephson, I love it. Yes, Jerbs, Johnson, and Jenny, Mm -hmm. uh, all. (laughs) That's great. Uh, As well as Tom, of course, coaching. Talk to all of these people every week. With guidance and tips, oh yeah, and me, and Hammond, you know, there's us too. Uh, go sign up at americasnexttoppodcaster.com. Listen to listen to rave reviews from people like Gidget Von LaRue, who says, do it, people. And Alex Balbisu, who says, my voice really isn't that bad. And others. So uh, go do it. Go sign up today. I'm starting to think those weren't actual quotes now that you know. I know. <laughs> maybe, maybe they weren't actual quotes. I got a good one for you, actually. Uh, let's see. I think this is Alex right here. Hold on. Hey, this is Jamie. No, that's Jamie. <laughs> it's this is PMS. That's not it either. Hold on. Hey, this is Alex Albisu calling in for TMS. Calling for Scott and Brian. I don't want to really say anything. Just want you guys to hear my voice. <laughs> Try not to throw up. Because it sucks. <laughs> Ah, it doesn't suck. You're fine, I know, Alex. I know it, be, it just became a thing, right? It just became a thing. To, yeah, it was like, just a uh, thing. It was a good thing. It's a fun Carl thing. Carl Pilkington's perfectly <laughs> spherical head. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just a thing that took off because I made a poor comment, and now we're stuck with it. That's just the way it's going right. to be. That's right. All right. Yeah, and if you haven't, uh, and, and I've been posting Alex's interviews with all of the previous uh, season one contestants, and Bill's... Bills just went up, and it's very insightful. He talks about why he was kind of glad he got voted off when he did. Oh, interesting. And, um, yeah. He's so, just sick of that Johnson fella. He's just sick of Johnson. I don't blame him. Sick, I, of, I sick of Scott. I get where he's at. Uh, in the news uh, this morning, we got a story about the U.S. Air Force. Now, if you're thinking this is going to be a rah rah roo uh, uh, thing about the military, you'd be wrong. It's mm-hmm. their response to the... Uh, the Storm Area 51 thing that's going on. Did you check out any of this yes. stuff after we talked? Yes. I know. I hadn't heard about any of it. And then I then I read up on all of it. And I just can't believe this is really <laughs> this is really a thing. I mean, there's still part of me that wonders if it is. You know? Like, if it's not just the biggest, dumbest hoax in the history of ever. I would say, I mean, what do they have? 1.2 million or something people who have, uh, who have signed up on this Facebook thing to do it. Uh-huh. So, uh background for people if if you're like me and hadn't heard of this until yesterday <laughs> the uh there are a bunch of people are planning on storming area 51 and it's it's a good portion of it are alien truthers right oh yeah, oh, yeah. big time yeah but then i think there are a lot of people who are like i'll click join on this one i have no intention of doing this yeah i feel like you know uh, hmm, how do i say this without getting in trouble Okay, here you go. Um, I got you, it. You kind of hope they do it <laughs> so that we can easily round them up and put them somewhere where they don't hurt themselves or others? All right, I'll even go. I'll go supernatural to make it less biting. You know how science fiction makes real issues less biting because it's yes. the science fiction universe? So I'll say this. Sure. 
I hope what happens is they get close to the thing. I don't want them to be shot and killed. What I'd like is no, no. for uh, it to be real close. I want all the, the, the army to have guns raised and ready to roll, waiting for the order. But then I want an alien entity to zap all of these followers oh, yeah. out of Earth existence and take them wherever their home planet is. And that way, we might positively affect the actual election in 2020. That's all I'm saying. That's right. Like, basically, uh, we will take you back to our home planet of Megatron. <laughs> beep, boop, beep. Oh, I'd love it if it was Megatron. Beep, beep. We are trying to make uh, Megatron great again. <laughs> Please come back with us to our home planet. Megatron. Very nicely done. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, the U.S. Air Force is now warning these people. Um, what started as a tongue-in-cheek plan by UFO enthusiasts to storm a notoriously secretive U.S. Air Force base uh, known as Area 51. We've all heard of it before. Uh, they want to get in there and see them aliens. Has turned into a national security issue. The U.S. Air Force has now offered a word of caution to more than half, or sorry, half a million people. It's now more. This is this is this was issued before the number jumped. <coughs> Excuse me. That said they would be attending it based on the Storm Area 51 Facebook group, as you mentioned. They can't all. Uh, they can't stop all of us. Uh, right, which is the tagline for the event. I think it's also the tagline of the most recent Backstreet Boys tour. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> stop all of us. <laughs> oh, I wish we could, though, right? I wish we could. <laughs> if only. It says here, uh, they told the, uh, the U.S., or the, sorry, the Air Force spokesman talked to the Washington Post and said this, quote, the U.S. Air Force always stands ready to protect America and its assets. Despite the uh, warning, users are still posting memes theorizing the best way to break into the top secret facility on the events page where organizers said, quote, if we Naruto run, we can move faster than their bullets. You know what Naruto that is, Naruto right? run? Are they really seriously saying? Here, let's do it. <laughs> you can just, you put your arms behind you and then you run really fast with them. In, is just, that, that's a Naruto run? Yeah, like Naruto, the the anime okay. character runs like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Okay. It's super dumb. And when they say things like this, this makes me think they're all kidding. Like, I really don't think this is going to happen. I don't think this happens. There might be, let's say, a million people sign up to the thing. Yes. There might be a few hundred that show up. And of those that, are, that would storm yeah. the place, there's like two. And we don't need those people. I think it's right. It's going to be <laughs> 100 people kind of looking at each other going, huh. I think they can stop all of us. Yeah, I think we're screwed. <laughs> I mean, yes, it started out as a joke, but there are people who take this seriously. And yeah. and yes, it's impossible to tell online who's who's trolling and who isn't. Uh, part of me kind of hopes something happens so we can just see it. I just want to see it go down. I don't want to see people get... I don't want people to get hurt, right? I don't want to... You know, right. The shootings and things like that would really... That would suck. But y'all aren't getting in there. There's no way you're getting in there just feels like there you know there should be some way to combine this and a fire festival and like have it all together in one place <laughs> the next fire burn. festival 20 2019 at area 51 perfect you can influencers have influencers and uh and alien truthers all in one place yep you can have ham and cheese sandwiches and old tents <laughs> used for hurricane stuff yes. oh my gosh that documentary still sits with me oh man. yeah just it was really uh, something man Really something. Yeah. Uh, all right. Here's another story for you. Sure. Oh, uh, we were talking about all these birthdays happening. We got a birthday that just oh, happened, yeah. but uh, it's not going to be 50 for a very long time. There's a baby born on 7-11, 11 day at 7-11 p.m. So 7 p.m., 11 minutes uh, p.m., mm-hmm. weighing okay. 7 pounds and 11 ounces. 7-11, 7-11. Yep, they should name the kid Slurpee, I guess. 
They should. Instead of a cradle, will he just roll back and forth uh, <laughs> between a couple of metal rollers? <laughs> Slowly. Yes! Yes, he will. <laughs> I mean, only just slightly warm it. Don't, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's all wanna, they do on that one is slightly warm it. I don't want to burn uh, my head. When I first read this, I honestly thought this baby was born at a 7-Eleven at 7-Eleven p.m. weighing 7 pounds, 11 ounces. That would have been even better. Oh, my gosh. That's that's all things colliding. The world couldn't handle yeah. it, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> this was a... This turned was a, into a big pile of goo. Exactly. Uh, this is a girl... Let's see. Let me find it here. She's um, a Missouri uh, resident now. Rachel Longford of St. Louis gave birth to a baby girl on the 11th. Yes, 7-Eleven. It's not all. She was at uh, 7.11 p.m. and weighed uh, 7 pounds and 11 ounces. Langford, who also has a six-year-old son, told CNN she kept on seeing numbers 7 and 11 during her preg pregnancy, but didn't think it meant anything. It still doesn't. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't. It doesn't mean anything. Oh, right. I've gotten to the part of the article I don't like. It doesn't mean and then anything. she went and bought a lottery ticket with the numbers 7 and 11 and didn't win anything because you need five numbers on a lottery ticket. How weird. I bought a van, and I started to notice how many people have my van. <laughs> and, then, and then we had a baby named Van. Yeah, what? Yeah, weird. I hate this kind of thinking. Anyway, yeah. thought it was weird at first. Uh, didn't know numbers would mean so much. A lot of the times during pregnancy, I would look at the clock, and it was 7-Eleven. Shut up. Anyway, <laughs> about a little freaked out. Both mom and baby are doing well. Why? Why freaked out? Yeah. Don't be freaked out. It's a convenience store that sells garbage food and bad gas prices. What? <laughs> Scott wants to rant. Um, I do like that uh, Psalm 711 is uh, God is a righteous judge and he is not angry at all times. <laughs> Wait, what's, that's true. not King James. What version is that? That's too uh, common sounding, isn't it? Uh, Hold on. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where it pulled. It came from BibleHub.com, uh, Psalm 711. All right, let's see. <laughs> Psalm 711. God is a righteous God. Oh, judge. All right, this is King James. Here we go. This is this is better. God judgeth the righteous, and God is angry with the wicked every day, it says. This is the opposite go. of what you said. This one says he's always mad. Yeah, angered by injustice every day. So where did the... Uh... Let me see where that one came from. <laughs> the other one's got their own ideas. And he's, and he's not always angry. No. I do like that. He's like, he's not always angry. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is that? Shows his wrath, angry with sinners, angry throughout the day. Wow, the uh, indignation. Oh, here we go. The Aramic Bible in plain English says, God, the judge of truth, is not angry every day. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they seem to have the opposite of what this yeah. says. They do. Because oh, all almost... these other translations say, uh, oh, here, the Brenton Sup Subtigant translation is God is a righteous judge and strong and patient, not inflicting vengeance every day. Wow. <clears throat> you know what this sounds yeah. like? It sounds like maybe, just maybe, yeah. that man is terrible at keeping <laughs> stuff straight over thousands of years. I think they're bad at this, turns out. That's right. Good job, oh my everyone. God, did we just did we did we just kind of cross over into third eagle territory by reading a psalm during the morning stream? Probably. Except we don't have a cool theory about it, though. We yeah. have a theory like, um, uh, and the leopard freaking I know. mounted. Yeah, well, the now he's got to do a crossover episode as well, where he, um, a burglar in Ann Arbor, Michigan, <laughs> disclosed his location by farting behind a couch. <laughs> End time. 
times. And at times. <laughs> um, let's see. So anyway, they're freaked out. Let me see how tonight. many Harrison Ford movies I can name that made more than a million dollars. <laughs> I mean, look, I would give... I would give a we could do a Patreon level where I would I would give to the Patreon level if we could get Third Eagle to do that. You know, absolutely for one episode. We yeah. can't even get him to talk about his own conspiracies anymore. I know, okay? I know. Yeah, you just Today we're gonna rub our beads and pray for Trump. That's all he does now. Rub his beads yeah. and pray for Trump. Yeah. F that. His right. beans or his beads? Is he rubbing? Be- I said beans, didn't I? I think I meant I think beads. He just said beans. <laughs> He's rubbing his beans. <laughs> picture that for a while just put that in your head <laughs> rubbing his beans oh it makes my crotch hurt i'm gonna go in my sculpture garden and rub my beans for half an hour <laughs> i'll have a camera there because as we know <laughs> <laughs> rubbing his beans in his <laughs> did you call it a statue garden would you call it Sculpture garden. This is sculpture garden. Oh my gosh, sculpture we haven't garden. seen that either. All we see is these internal shots of him holding some book right. and rubbing his beans or beads. Anyway, uh, uh, Florida, y'all got some big snakes. Check this out. All right, there is a twenty-foot-long Florida python that is now two hundred pounds, maybe the largest they think might be alive in the area. Wow. Uh, this is awesome. So I'm going to put this over here. In oh, I thought I had it right. Okay, so we're going to take a look at that on your screen. Wow. 20 feet long. Yeah, that's a big snake. Uh, that will uh, definitely eat your it's dog. It's like three of us laid end, end to end, yeah. Scott. Oh, yeah. Without doubt. Uh, oh, man. Okay, yeah. When you see the like the close-up shot, it's like, okay, well, I see grass and leaves and flowers and whatever. But then when you see like the the video of the guy standing up, around this thing yeah you need the you need the uh yeah, the comparison the context right? of a human being yeah oh no, no also that guy's hair is wacko that's rick d ritter he looks like the guy who goes aliens yeah <laughs> yeah the history channel he totally does <laughs> i want to should i grow my hair like that guy i can grow my hair yes out. absolutely he if looks you know one only one of us can do it scott it ain't me all right i'll do it yeah that snake could eat one of those men They'd have to be asleep because they they his, they're constrictors. Uh, his name is Ginormica. Really, Ginormica? Ginormica. Center stage, everybody. Welcome, Ginormica. Center stage. <laughs> it's better than it's better than D's nuts. Did yeah. you you heard about the uh, no. the guy who was feeding meth to his squirrel to make it more aggressive, and the squirrel's name was D's nuts? No. Yes, this is <laughs> in this is in Alabama, not in uh, Florida, surprisingly. Well, and uh, police had to free <laughs> <Yeah>. D's nuts. <laughs> Like there's somewhere there's we gotta find there's a there's like a news report where somebody says where the newscaster has to say authorities were able to free these nuts uh, and release them into the wild or something like that. There's wow, were they unironic? Like the people writing it just didn't know. Yeah, like I think they're so. just too slow. Okay, that's well. No, I think they just I think they just wanted the opportunity. I think the people who write the teleprompters wanted to get the the newscasters to say these nuts. Yeah, that sounds right. And. And drenched wildfire. No, we never. We didn't cover this story on this show. I don't believe. I don't remember ever talking about it on this on this show. These nuts. I think are it this. happened over the weekend, didn't it? This last uh, weekend. Oh, or two right, weekends ago? right, right, right. I think you're right. Yeah, we haven't yeah. talked about it. We haven't brought it up here. No, we we remember. It does seem like one we do. I mean, I'll give you that. 
I'm a little yeah. surprised we oh, yeah. haven't, but uh, there it is today. Anyway, watch out. If you see a big 20-foot python, he's not your friend necessarily. Uh, oh, D's nuts ran for president. That's right. There was also... Um, <laughs> That's right. There, so that whole meme was a vine back in the day. And it was a wow. guy, it was a video, I'll never forget it. The guy, it's a six-second video. He calls his friend on his cell phone. And I want to say it was like a some mentally handicapped guy did it. Calls okay. his friend and says, hey, you know who this is? Or something. And he goes, who? And he goes, these nuts. And then goes, got him. And that's the meme. And so that floated around for a long time, and then it became just like everything. Everything is D's nuts. Yeah, I never knew the the origination of uh, D's nuts. I think that was it. D's nuts. Know your memes. All right, let's take a look. D's nuts. Okay. Um, D's nuts is the punchline of a conversational joke that involves asking someone a vaguely phrased question to solicit a follow up answer, a question in in response, typically in the form of one of five y, uh, W's before. Sorry, before yelling out the said phrase in an obnoxious manner. When originally introduced as a skit track on Dr. Dre's 1992 album, oh, I didn't know that. It was on Chronic. The joke saw a huge resurgence when it was featured in a short comedic sketch by internet comedian Welvin DeGreat. That's the guy from... Yeah, the one you were talking about. Yeah, but he's not a... He's not a a comedian. (laughs) Maybe maybe he he wrote this article. (laughs) I mean, he tours now. Oh, really? Yeah. Because he toured just based on the popularity yes. of the meme, though? Yes. Yeah. That's entirely it. So here he is saying it. I'll just play it. Okay. Oh. oh. Wait. Back it up. Oh. Because someone came in the mail today. These nuts. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> That's it. Now that I hear and see that in the... Uh... Alex Alvisu posted the link. He's like, oh, I do recognize this guy. I do remember this. Yeah, he's that's the thing. Got him. Yep. <laughs> Pretty funny. Anyway, what was the point of that? Oh, yeah. Watch out. Giant snake. Be careful. Okay. Final story before we uh, get ready for our guests here. O'Brien is yeah. washed out. Look at your screen. Wow. Yeah, it's weird because, I mean, I'll take a quick picture of here's me. Here's my screen as i see it yeah um i'll put it in chat because or in uh like i'll put it right here in discord mine oh yeah you look and it looks like the top of my head is cut off because of that that dark gray bar that says (laughs) no so it looks like you could actually uh flip me over and i'd be perfectly i'd be perfectly uh flat like I'd, i'd you could stand on your head for hours. I could stand on my head for hours, exactly. Yeah. But I'm not that washed out. No, not even close. It's not even close. It's like yeah. it's like it just I did this thing. I did it with Garrett yesterday and his never washed out, so I don't know what the difference That's is. So weird. Yeah. Doesn't huh. make any sense. All right. Well, weird. we're learning everybody. We're figuring it out. Yeah, we're gonna exactly. we're gonna work exactly. it out. Uh pff, porn and Netflix. <laughs> yes. Those two things don't go together so much, but uh, they are killing no, the planet, according to a new uh, study. You put a fart noise, though. Oh, I know, right? Porn and Netflix. Yeah. Uh, they're killing the planet, according to a new study, reveals video streaming services produce 300 million tons of CO2 each year. Uh, now, not directly, obviously. You don't hit like Netflix. Like to know how this is possible. Well, it's all about it's all about energy production. So it's like okay. you can do this with anything. You can say, you can say this with... Uh, uh, YouTube and Amazon 
Prime are causing this. Too. And they're probably they're probably included, honestly, in this in this thing. Probably. However, you could say technically, you and I right now are uh, are producing mm. however however mm-hmm. much we like. You could take all the hours of sure. TMS and add them up, and probably come up with an energy conversion that says how much electricity was used, what's the percentage of electricity that's created by coal versus uh, you know windmills or uh you know uh, uh, whatever you call it um solar or whatever yeah and you could come up with a number that says how much brian and scott are contributing to producing co2 production anyway and then we'd have to do it with t-o-n-n-e-s so that uh because you know tonnies tonnies you know what's what's come on europeans come on it's uh uk come on it's all right it's fine it's fine tons uh, um, says here, researchers found that online video streaming, which generates 60% of world data flows, produced around 300 million tons of carbon dioxide. The number represented 20% of the greenhouse gas emissions of digital devices, use and production included, and 1% of global emissions, i.e. Uh, as much as Spain. So Spain oh. <laughs> Spain and the internet both produce... <laughs> producing lots of CO2. Wow. Uh, says here, um, and of this, the greenhouse gas emissions by video on demand services such as Netflix, Amazon Prime, and more uh, are 100 million tons per year, almost one-third of global emissions. Uh, most every electronic device requires electricity, and to generate electricity, it still uses fossil fuels, which produce carbon dioxide, and they contribute to emissions and greenhouse gases. According to the report, on the unsustainable use of online video by French think tank The Shift Project, or as they would say there, Le Shift Project. Le Shift. Le Shift. Oh, Brian's all white. Oh, there you go. You look good now. Yeah, I was going to say, if I refresh it, does it yeah. so that it looks better? Fixed okay. it. Okay. Yeah, it's good now. We'll see. It, apparently, it like keeps it keeps evolving into brightness, so just let me know. Yeah, I'll let you let know, know when it goes when bad. Let me know it gets bad, and yeah. I'll just, just do that thing again. Yeah, that's totally fine. I'm sure the chat will be more than Yes, happy, exactly. More yes. than happy to let you know when things have gone sour. Um, <laughs> let's see. According to the report, uh, oh, let's see. As uh, per the report, pornographic videos. Here's the porn part. I like the porn part. Yeah. Uh, porn yes. makes up 27% of online video uh, of all online video traffic in the world, taken alone in 2018. Uh, pornography streaming generated over 80 million tons of carbon dioxide. That is as much as all of France's households, close to 0.2% of global emissions. From the uh, st- uh, standpoint of climate change and other planetary boundaries, it is not a question of being for or against pornography. Um, telemedicine, I don't know what that means. Netflix or emails, that's some French thing. Uh, the challenge is to avoid a use, a, a use deemed precious from being impaired by excessive consumption of other use deemed less essential. That's some, that's some wordy bullshit there. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the idea is, and I agree with this, uh-huh. we need better, sus- we need better power consumption, sustainable consumption for things like data centers. And a lot of them are like, um, I want to say all of Apple's are are uh, solar now, right? And Google right. maybe is doing well, that too. Now they got that big that big donut campus. I'm right. I'm still kind of amazed. Twenty seven percent of all online video traffic in the world is porn. <laughs> I mean, it's that it's a lot, but it's still lower than everything else, which is comforting somehow. I don't know. Well, it's lower than everything else combined, but I wonder. Well, you know, online sure video, Netflix... online video traffic. So specifically, video is what they're talking right. about. Right. So I mean, yeah, exactly. But I mean, Netflix is going to be what five percent of that. Hulu is going to be three percent of that. HBO, 
go is going to be, you know, 2% of that or something. Hmm. Let's see. Just the number doesn't... represents. Okay, according to this, mm-hmm. 20%. Uh, let's see. Missions of Canada. That doesn't break them apart. I want them to break it up. Because oh. I, I want to know if they can break. Maybe they can't. Maybe there's not a way to do mm-hmm. that. But I would like to know. Like, tell me what Netflix is. Uh, actually, give me all the major streaming platforms of, of the world. Combine those. Mm-hmm. Because that you'd need everywhere, not just where it's prominent. And then take porn and then tell me the difference. And I wonder what it, I wonder yeah. what that would be. Yeah, if it would be, be more or less or whatever. I mean, look. People like their boobies. All right? They like their boobies. You like the boobies. You like the uh, the wieners. <laughs> People like the vagi- the, the vajayjays, right? Wow, eighty five percent of Facebook videos are watched without sound. Well, that's because they are aren't they soundless by default? Yeah, I think so. I think you have to turn them on, so it's just lazy. Yeah, I think that's just people just flipping through a thing. I mean, I never look yeah. at Facebook video. I hate it. Yeah, they do, they do those ad inserts in like. Your grandma could post a video of her playing with her cats, and they'll put an ad insert 20 seconds yes. in. Yes. Double bird up the hoo-ha. It's irritating. Oh. All right. <laughs> Break my mic. I just flipped <laughs> off my camera so hard that I almost broke my mic. <laughs> right. We're all, all good. Right. Uh, let's uh, take a break. When we come back, we will spend some time with our buddy Bill and, of course, Jerry after that. Yeah. I have questions for Jerry. This week's been interesting, and I have some questions for him. I saw that. I like this. I like where we're going. Yeah, the political questions. I have a theory. I have a dark theory about something that just happened. So we'll uh, get to all that in a minute. Before that, though, a musical break with a giant song that Brian has prepared for us. Brian, what do you have? Giant song. Yeah, Mm. this one is a little bit longer. Uh, This this is the uh, Jensen Jones Band. They are from Toronto, Canada. They have a brand-new album called Stay. Uh, really cool uh, album cover, by the way, a little house floating off uh, into the air with uh, tethered to a tree in the front yard, which is really cool. Um, they uh, This album, by the way, mixed by Terry Brown, who mixed music for Rush for them. Another Canadian band mastered by Grammy Award winner Peter J. Moore. Um, these guys are great. Influenced by Jeff Beck, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, speaking of which. This actually, it's funny, the song I picked is an instrumental piece, but it's a really, really cool um atmospheric instrumental piece that i really really like it is called asmodi asmodia 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 is what it's called mm-hmm. <laughs> here's the jensen jones band from their brand new album stay all right we'll be right back stay tuned
Hey guys, let's talk about Blinkist. Ah, uh, Blinkist. These guys are pretty cool. In today's age, it can be hard to find the time to sit down and learn more. It's not easy when the likes of social media can be so addictive and time-consuming, so you may think you don't have the time to read a book or to develop yourself. Well, there's an app that we can highly recommend. It's called Blinkist. It's pretty cool. It's the uh, only app out there that takes the best takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses those down to just 15 minutes. So you can just read or listen to it at your convenience and in a much quicker fashion. You don't have to go find all the important stuff uh, by yourself. They've made it easy for busy people like you. You want to get to those main points quickly without reading the entire book. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute or on your lunch break or while you exercise. Eight million people are using Blinkist right this second as a massive and growing library from self-help business health, history books, all that stuff. I really like Blinkist because A, I didn't know it existed before I learned about it. And now I'm not sure I can live without it. It's really, really great. Uh, I use it when I walk the dog, which takes me uh, about a half an hour. And I can listen to like two 15-minute chunks and get it all in. Highly recommend you check out stuff in their self-help area. That's the first thing I did because I'm trying to get better time management going for myself. And they have tons of that. They have popular books like The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen R. Covey. It's an old one. The Four-Hour Week Week, but Work Week rather by Tim Ferriss. You may have heard of The Power of Habits by Charles D. D. Hig. I don't, I'm not sure I'm saying that right, but I've enjoyed all of these. Uh, and there's so much more in there. Anyway, right now for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash TMS and start your seven-day trial. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash TMS to start your seven day free trial. Again, Blinkist.com slash TMS. Sue's folks were going to pay something to put her in junior college here in town for two years. So we'll have that. But instead of going to college, she'll get a full time job in campus town. Say she doesn't care anymore about education. So with that, and my part-time job, we'll get by. Uh-oh. Here's Sue now. Uh, it's aggravating. Let's do the time warp again. All right, we're back, everybody. Welcome back. I don't know why he didn't say this is the morning stream at the end of that. He just said, let's do the time warp yeah. again. That was weird. What if people don't know where they are? All right. That's, You're that's... the morning stream, people! <laughs> uh, I've been watching Seinfeld again. <laughs> it's comforting. I put it on at night. It's just on, it? and you just, you know, you just sink into it, and you're like, ah, Kramer, you're crazy, and then you go to sleep. It's good. Now I'm wondering if I should watch Friends just because, you know, it's going to be going away soon. Well, you'll end up getting that max probably. Yeah, I will. I totally will. I mean, you and I are both like we like a year. We like year-round HBO because they they right. we're not just Johnny Come Lately's. Ooh, Game of Thrones. Oh, it's awful. Okay, I'm out. Like I, yeah, I have exactly. to watch it. Unlike I like it all. CBS All Access. Oh, right. uh, Discovery's over for the season. Okay, click. Right. Oh, services like that are going to get hurt by stuff like this. Yeah, they will. I don't think they've got the library to make it work. Mm -hmm. uh zoe is this a podcast yes it's a podcast 
All right. Uh, why don't we? What are we doing? We're gonna do a thing, and it's gonna involve me pushing a button. So let's do that and get Bill in here. He is uh, punishing the props as we speak. One would think or hope. And uh, when he gets here, we'll play a little theme for him and welcome him to our our dumb little show. Here's his thing. <laughs> but Bill just isn't thinking about danger. Bill Duran, are you there? I'm here. Oh, that's fantastic. Bill Duran, everybody, all the way from PunishProps.com and the beautiful Pacific Northwest. He is here to talk about cool making stuff. He makes stuff. And uh, okay. because he's a big maker type, he likes to pop, pop, uh, pop, poke, poke in here and say, hey, everybody, I made a thing. Maybe you'll want to make it, too. Here's how I did it. And here's some tips and tricks. And we really appreciate it's it. So you can make a thing. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Well, Bill, what are you uh, uh, what are you doing this week? What's going on? I've been working on a different kind of making. Ooh. I have been writing. Oh. oh, we talked about this, like books. Yeah, book books. writing. Yeah, book writing. Book writing. Mm. Like uh, wordsmithing. That's what I've uh -huh. been doing. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> got my anvil out. I got my words in the forge right now, getting all heated up. Yeah. Nice. Do you just make know. them out of resin or uh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Then I'm going to hit him with a hammer. Resin book. I like it. Foam book. You foam smith your book. Do that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, earlier I talked about um, uh, writing the book a couple weeks ago. Uh, but I want to talk about my writing process. The mm -hmm. actual mechanical uh, process that I'm using to do all of the writing. Uh, to, for my third foam smith book. All about making helmets and stuff. Nice. Uh, I'm sure uh, writing is a very personal thing for a lot of people, and a lot of people have different styles. For example, Stephen King considers himself a discovery writer and apparently just makes things up off the top of his head as soon as he sits down at his typewriter. <laughs> yeah. However... I, I wish I could do that. I think it's awesome. Yeah. yeah I mm -hmm. don't think... Ever, even discovery writers, I think, do a little bit of outlining. Uh, and that's where I start. I start writing by making an outline. Mm. Uh, and the type of writing I do is instructional, right? So it makes a lot of sense if, I need, if I'm talking about procedures or processes. Outlining, I can just make a list of every step. And then I know everything that needs to be included. It's the same thing I do when I write a script for one of my videos. I write an outline. The main reason is so I don't forget anything. Mm -hmm. uh, because then you got to go back and refilm it. That's a huge pain in the butt. Nobody so wants to. Ref yeah, f refilming is for the birds, man. That's oh, yeah, the worst. I mean, that applies to everything, like speaking, you know, mm -hmm. public speaking, anything like that. You want to even doing a show like this with our show notes. Yeah. Got to have bullet points and, and key elements you want to get across. Yeah. Right. So when I do my outline, I, it's a brain dump. Every idea I have on the subject, <clears throat> just get it out on paper. Right, a huge list. Uh, and then I'll go in and organize it. But for the most part, I just try and get everything in my head out on paper. Mm. Uh, and this list, this outline gets referenced the entire time I'm writing. It also gets updated as I write, too, so that I can reference it. Or more importantly, if I have to have someone else reference it, they can go in and it still makes sense. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, step one is the outline. Okay. Getting those ideas out on paper. Now, do you, you do like you feel, a... Oh, go ahead, Brian. I was gonna, do you do like a mind map? Uh, like, do you have a special tool uh, application? No. Just do this on paper, kind of write it all out. Just in a text document. I just yeah. write a write a list. Cool. Really, um, a lot of the the things I do are it's it, the steps are all sequential. <laughs> there's no 
jumping around in time is like do this and then do this and sure. then do this. Well, so you have the one, you have one advantage too, which is you don't have to have a big ending or twists or middle acts or any of that stuff. That's what you think. I mean, you have structure, Wait. but like you don't have the kind of structure that means a character dies at the end. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> but so who knows? There may be a surprise twist ending at the end of Foamsmith Three. <laughs> yeah. I, I, there won't be. I'm... <laughs> Hey, you got a helmet at the end. Ta-da. Sure. Ta-da. Got a helmet. Boom. <laughs> yeah. So once I have my outline done, I do my first draft. And um, again, this is a very chaotic, like, just get those ideas out on paper sort of thing. Uh, be reckless, you know? Just if you have a fun or funny idea, just run with it. Just put the words yeah. out there. You can edit it later. It's fine. If you think it's good, put it on uh, paper. And, and like I said, I'm always referencing that outline as I work. And uh, so you, go ahead. Sorry. I'm just saying I'm, I'm I'm wrapping up the end of the first draft right now. It's kind of where I am in the process of this book. That's what I was going to ask you. Uh, how many drafts do you typically like? What have you done in the past? What do you think you'll do here? Um, so this will get uh, I'll do my first draft. I'll do my first edit and then I'll have Brittany edit it. And then I'll probably have a handful of other people take a look at it. Nice. Um, I don't think I'll ever I've rarely had to rewrite large portions of a book because that it always makes sense. It's not like, oh, that's a weird ending. We have to rewrite part of it so it makes sense. It's, a, it's about making helmets. So <laughs> no surprises, hopefully. <laughs> I started writing a short science fiction story that I'm afraid to show anyone. Um, but it's far enough along to call it maybe three chapters of content. Mm -hmm. And then I got nervous and kind of stopped. Here's my question for you. That's obviously it's again fiction's different than what you're doing, but what what advice do you have when you? Because I'm, I'm guessing you're gonna you also would hit a point in creation of a book where you're like, oh man, have I bitten off more than I can chew here, or have I been redundant with the old book? Do, am I inspired to even finish this thing? Like you have all the same creative blocks a lot of people get, I would assume. Right, right. How yeah. do you? What do you? Do you got any tricks for how you get over that stuff? Uh, I'll be honest, the outline I write really helps me because I basically get the whole book out on paper, mm -hmm. right? I figure out the whole book then. and it's, Every talking point, every... Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm not adding fictional elements that would complicate things, complicate the order in which you got to present stuff. Right. Um, so I can see how that would that could become a challenge. Yeah, but but you, again... You have, a, you have an outline, don't you, Scott? Like you basically know what the key plot points are going to be through throughout your novel right so i don't so see this is the trick i know what i want i know what the world is i know what the characters are and i know what their structure motivation all that stuff is but i don't know what the major arcs are yet and so yeah. in, in a way it's almost like my brain is like stephen king's but my skill is not in mm -hmm. other words right. and right. also look i love stephen king i love his books but i'm going to be honest he screws up endings all the time. They're bad. They're kind of bad. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's not a great finisher. And it's partly because of this, probably. So yeah. I, I've really struggled with that. Like I think to myself, well, what should be the the underlying plumbing of the story mm -hmm. so that everything will just work around that plumbing until we get to the end? And I have a hard time doing that. I'm more interested in like the world building and what this place is like, what it feels like, what the characters are like. I mean, it probably yeah. explains why I love things like like Fury Road so much. It's that same sort of right. feeling of just like to, the world matters more than the plot points. But I gotta, yeah. I have to get better at that. 
you have to be careful too because if you just let your ideas run wild eventually you'll end up with like tolkien's cimmerillion right right which is a which is a book and it's fictional but it's a it's a textbook it's it's not fun to read no no <laughs> but that's all world building the cimmerillion yeah. is like his his it's almost like a reference novel yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly right. it really is because when someone will take new content like they're talking about this uh this new prime original uh lord of the Rings show a lot of what it's doing is pulling from that book but it, mm-hmm. it can't pull direct it can't pull directly because there's no story there. It's just right, right. Here's an encyclopedia of things about the world you didn't know. And so then these, you know, people with better story writing or story writing talent can go, ooh, this one thing he mentions only briefly in one sentence in one paragraph, we're gonna make a whole show out of that. Yeah. Which is kinda cool just as a legacy thing, but as a structure for writing, it's not that's not a fun book to read. Yeah. Yeah. Um so anyway, uh, once I've done my first draft, for a big part of what I do are my photos. Uh, most of my books have some 500 photos in them. So as I write my first draft, I make notes uh, about what photos I need and where I need them, uh, which is great too because Brittany does all of the uh, layout for our books so she can just follow those notes and grab the appropriate photo and drop them in where they need to go. Uh, but it also means that I can go and keep a list of all the photos they need to take. So I don't start taking photos pretty much until I've finished the first draft. Uh, and I have a list. There's literally a list of all the photos that I need to take, which is really handy. Nice. Um, and, and then for, for this particular one, there's a couple of example projects that I need to build. So I'll, um, I'll start building those and taking photos of the process here pretty soon. Uh, and, then, uh, and then everything goes to get edited. Nice. Yep. I'll do an edit. Britt will do an edit. We'll have a couple more people look at it. Um, I usually end up needing to take more photos. Um, sometimes uh, the, the photos really make things a lot more clear. And sometimes you'll have a photo that doesn't tell the story completely. So I was like, okay, we'll, we'll make a list of some additional photos we need to get. Would you say that um, I've always felt like you and I were similar in this one way. Uh, I mean, whatever. We have a lot of things in common. But this one way in particular... <laughs> The, the art side of what I do has always made, has always complemented the podcasting, broadcasting thing side way more than I expected it to. And I always look at you and go, that's like, it's like you and photography oh, yeah. mixing mm-hmm. it with, with, with your maker stuff. Like it's the perfect compliment because you've made a cool thing. Now you need to show it in a way that's really dynamic. It. Yeah. yeah. That, that yeah. must be a huge advantage. Like, I know we don't ever talk about this, but probably a good idea for people to pick up those kinds of other complementary skills, whatever it is you're doing, come mm-hmm. up with something that, that, that normally you'd have to hire out or find somebody else to do or whatever. Uh, but in your case, you're like, you know what? I don't like how this page is looking and I don't like how that shot is. I'm going to go take a slew of photographs and fix it myself. And before you know it, you've right. got a beautiful replacement. Yeah. The, having the, having the equipment on hand and uh, a set, and the skills to just quickly run in and take exactly the photo you need. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty handy mm-hmm. handy thing to have. Nice. So, uh, which uh, we'll end up doing, like just scrambling. Ah, we need just that one more photo. I'll go take a photo right now. So, and what's your what's your timeline then? What do you think? How soon can people get their hands on this new? Uh, a couple months. We'll yeah. see. We got to get them. We got to get finish it. We got to get it printed. There's a whole process. There's a whole thing you got to do. There sure is. But we're on it. We're All working right. on it. Well, this mm-hmm. is good stuff. Uh, course people can follow that process or see when it goes live over there at punishprops.com you also always leave us with a little bit of a link to look at what do you got this week 
I sure do. One of my fellow Project Egress contributors, my friend Sophie. If you look up Sophie, S-O-P-H-Y, Sophie Wong, W-O-N-G, on YouTube, you'll find her YouTube channel. She's worth subscribing to. She does a fun of stuff, uh, a ton of fun stuff. There we go. Uh, <laughs> and she clearly has a ring light. <laughs> she does. Uh, she worked on the newest um, Mythbusters TV show. Uh, she's a fellow Seattle person and a really wonderful uh, maker and human being. So, oh, very, uh, very nice. She goes over the part that she made. Yeah, it's really great. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm looking. That's very uh, cool. She seems super. Looks nice. like a like a poorly made fidget spinner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I see what this she's. This is really cool. Yeah. What is that? What is that thing for? What's it? Just it's a little so, space prop. Just part of the door. Yeah. Yep. Part of the door. All right. I love this stuff. Mm-hmm. It is kind of a fidget spinner. <laughs> Space fidget. Uh, all right. Yep. Nice. Go check her out. Of course, that is uh, Sophie Wong. S-O-P-H-Y, which is different than the usual spelling. So that's what you're going to yep. want to look for. Uh, cool. Bill Duran, he is at PunishProps.com. And of course, you can find him here each and every Tuesday talking about this stuff. And on Twitter at Chinbeard. Bill, take it easy. We'll talk to you next time. See you later. Bye now. See you, Bill. <laughs> all right. Who now? Just oh, let's spin the wheel and say, oh, let's spin the wheel. Here we go. Oh, you got a wheel? On oh, no yeah. way, dude. Spin it. Oh, my gosh. Where'd you get that? Uh, jury, it says. Where did you get that? That's so cool. From, from Ikea for 10 bucks. Oh, it's Radsky. All right, well, yeah. let's, let's play this. These are their stories. Do, 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 do. Oh, I'm terrible with names. Joining us on the program uh, remotely all the way from beautiful Oakland, California, is Justin Robert Young. Good morning. Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you too. You can hear you great. You're just fine. You sound like you're in the room with us. Yeah, you sound... Oh, my God. It's like magic. It is. <laughs> I have some theories about Discord video that I will share when my experiment is done. But right now. I think it's only you're you're the only one that has problems, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Whatever. It's not true. Just saying, there's nobody else that's ever had problems. Yeah, no one's ever else. You never have problems. You've ever, always ever in the history yeah. of Discord. I really, wish, I really wish somebody would have said something about Discord earlier, though. Like I feel like you know nobody else <laughs> thinks about it. I yeah. just, I mean, I feel like if only there was a voice earlier. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. that would have expressed dissent against yeah. Discord and People, was silenced by. No, 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 speak your mind. Don't be so cowardly, everybody. Like yeah, just right. let it out. Yeah, let it out like a big poop. Don't hold it in. Hey, uh, Justin's here, and we got to talk about stuff. I have a, I have a theory, a political theory I need to throw past you because on Tuesdays sure. it's kind of what we do. We get a little political here sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. We do. And, we do. Uh, I got one regarding all the hullabaloo going on right now regarding – I mean, it's always a tweet, right, these days? Like that's what's setting everybody off as a tweet. We gotta, well, there, there are tweets and there are tweets, and, and uh, oftentimes I do uh, – uh, poo-poo some of the, the the vitriol that comes off of you know a, a random typo or some kind of retweet or something like that but but this is something that obviously has has moved the needle so i think it is worth all right so here's so here i have this theory about it uh trump to fill people in if they care and if you've already tuned out hey that's that's cool too but uh he put up a tweet about uh or a series of tweets i think three total in the thread that that if you <laughs> boil it down and i don't normally like to do that but i also don't want to read the whole thing but it basically boils down to this he he wants the the four uh congresswoman of uh, women of color who are considered the squad or whatever they get called by people 
uh, they're they're considered I think the that's their name. If I'm not mistaken, they may have yes, they may have come up with it. Whatever that, that is, that is their own. That is their own moniker. Not the most unusual thing to hear. Like you know, people give nicknames or make their oh, own. Congress nicknames. people love it. They oh, yeah, they, they love. They I love mean, it. I think somebody else was posting <laughs> old versions of it where uh, Paul Ryan and two other dinguses were like the young guns or something like that. But but Cong- there was a great Veep uh, uh, a scene where a bunch of Congress people are trying to think of what awesome name they were going to give themselves. Yeah, it's a it's a thing, and it's been around for a really long time. I mean, hell, I, I I guess he didn't coin it, but people called you know McCain the Maverick, and you know it's just that stuff. So. Anyway, he says, go back to your, go back to the country you came from, if you don't like it here, basically, uh, which is what your racist uncle and, says and at even barbecues. Then, and even then, it's like, uh, well, no, I mean, saying it like that, saying if you don't like, uh, you know, love it or leave it is a bumper sticker. Yeah. Right. Like that's sure. not necessarily super controversial. The problem is that when he's saying uh, they came from countries, it's like, all right, well, three out of the four. Four. Well, I, I always forget. No, four. three out of four. Three out of four. You're right. We're born here. Well, uh, no, no, no. That's not what I was saying. But, but oh. uh, make, make, you know, where they've come from a, a part of their of why they fight. Right. Oh, uh, I see uh, what you mean. Yeah. Talib comes uh, from a Palestinian family, and that is part of where, you know, her uh, she she makes no secret about the fact that this is part of the reason that she fights for the causes that she fights for. Uh, same with uh, Ilhan Omar. Ilhan Omar is the only one that is actually from another country that is naturalized. To America, which makes the Trump tweet uh, hilariously offensive in the idea that when he says go back and put whatever words you want in front of it, put whatever words you want behind it in very typical Trump fashion, there's enough words there that you can, you know, move that Rubik's Cube around to, to <laughs> whatever you want on either of the four sides. But when you say go back and one of the people you're talking about is from Africa, then you are saying go back to Africa. Yeah. (laughs) Whether or not that is what you meant to say, that is what is said. And that is among, I mean, if you were to do a parody of a racist person, these are the, this is a line that would be said. And so you can, uh, you, you can, you can parse that however you want and you can say that this is you know your your grandpa at thanksgiving who says something uh uh, similarly off color and you're like grandpa you can't say that and he's like oh you know what i mean stop it with all not everything (laughs) racist right and and that's trump's reaction to it but it is what it is and it's going to be battered around like a political football yeah so now so this so here's my theory and I, i i try not to attribute too much like strong thinking to Trump or anyone in his circles, but I have a feeling that this and him doubling down, which he always does. He always doubles down. Like he doesn't apologize. He doesn't backtrack. He doesn't, that's, that's absolutely, he's, he's never done that. So it doesn't matter what he does or how he does it. He did it for grab him in the pussy. Grab him in the pussy is the only one where he actually like made a point to say that was locker room talk and he regrets it. Yeah. But there's always a caveat, right? It's locker room. Well, I'm, talk. No, I'm, I'm telling you, that's that is in in the history of his modern political career, he has made a a very very big point to say never apologize because the people that are going after you do are not coming for an apology in good faith. They are coming for an apology for you to show weakness so they can exploit it. 
Uh, so never apologize. The only time he's ever done anything close to that was grabbing the pussy. All right. So I, I agree. So here's here's and I hope I articulate this right. Um, here's what I think he's doing or I think that what this is for or what it will become for. I mean, they may be pivoting to make it work this way. I don't know if it was even planned, but I think that they intend to make the Democratic the face of the Democratic Party. These four women. And by doing so, constantly pointing out that they are the most left wing of the party, which riles everybody up, and the most extreme of the party riles everybody up, send people out calling them communists, saying they hate the country, all this stuff. Um, and then they'll be so extreme looking to his base and beyond, because it doesn't just affect his base, it you know affects people on the fence and people who right. maybe aren't paying attention that they'll see them so extreme that there'll be a portion of the electorate that's just skittish about this idea of that's the that's the Democratic Party. Even if Biden's your right. nominee and he's Mr. Slowboat and, and quiet and kind of centrist. Triggering oh, no, even, sexists even better. and racists or xenophobes. Right, all yeah. of them. No, you know, it's, even, it's even better if Biden is the nominee, and I'll tell you why. Uh, so, all right, here. Uh, re- real, 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 real quick backstory. Number one, there was a poll that came out last week that kind of went around in political circles about how unfavorable uh, the squad, and specifically Ilhan Omar and AOC. Rashida Tlaib was big when she said impeach the mother effer. uh, And uh, Trump's really leaning in on that, by the way, like the last day or so. He's really like uh, the unspeakable language that was used. Like whatever, you dropped mother effer at your freaking one of your rallies. You called <laughs> exactly. you called kneeling ba- uh, football players sons of bitches. Like, come on. Anyway, sure. sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I uh, realize Trump when I say stuff like that, I, it's oh. like saying, "Oh, yeah. what <laughs> hypocritical <laughs> tweets!" <just> <laughs> oh my god. Fox no. News alert. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> number one, yes, this is a situation where uh, uh, there was a poll that came out that showed exactly how unpopular. Uh, uh, specifically Ilhan Omar and AOC came out uh, for just general voters. Uh, they are they are to the left, and, and they have made no apologies that they would be anything else. They are progressive Democrats. They are trying to breathe uh, by their uh, by their passionate strategy, new life in and more bold ideas into the Democratic Party. This is not received well by moderates. This is not received well by conservatives. Similarly, the there was an open war over the weekend between the Democratic House leadership and Nancy Pelosi and those four. Nancy Pelosi came out over the, uh, uh, you know, uh, at the end of last week and held a meeting that said, guys, stop attacking our moderate Democrats. They they are in vulnerable districts. We need their votes. So uh, you can't have, like AOC's chief of staff did, call some of the moderate Democrats the new Southern Democrats. And if you don't understand exactly what that implies, Southern Democrats started the KKK. Mm-hmm. All right. Like yeah. that's what you are saying when you're saying that the moderate Democrats are the new Southern Democrats. They were in open war over the weekend. The official House Democratic uh, uh, Party Twitter uh, uh, lit up AOC's uh, chief of staff as if he was some rando that was referring to a congresswoman by her first name, Cherise. So that's all there. We understand that Republicans are like, the more we talk about AOC, the more we make AOC and Ilhan Omar the face of the Democratic Party, the more that you will have to explain 
why the, the nominee is not like that, or you will always be judging them together. Right. So then Trump comes in, and this was, I would encourage everybody to go to politicspoliticspolitics.com. I got a little essay that I wrote up there about how Donald Trump is our truffle pig president. He, <laughs> he knows in the way that a truffle pig knows where the truffles are, yeah. where that famed fungi is. He knows media attention. Yeah. He does it instinctually. Now, I think there's way too much time and effort that goes into us thinking about, oh, is he is he executing 4D chess? Is he doing it on purpose? He knows where headlines are, and he runs in the middle of it, and he demands that those headlines be his. It's easier to do when you're president than if you're a real estate developer, and it's exactly what he did on Sunday. I have, five, I have, I have 50 bucks in my wallet that says he's never played chess, so keep going. You're good. <laughs> Sure. I'm agreeing uh, with you is what I'm saying. He doesn't know he doesn't know 4D chess. He doesn't know 2D chess. I I don't care. Maybe he is. Maybe he's uh, Kazaprov. Maybe he's uh, uh you know Alfred E. Newman. I don't know and I don't care. I right. do know that his instincts are sharp on this and this is exactly what has happened because uh Scott, I agree with you. I agree that the more AOC is AOC's fame relative to the 2020 nominee is very good for Donald Trump, and even more so if it's Biden, because AOC does not want to support Biden. AOC would very obviously, if she did hit the trail for, for Joe Biden, she would obviously be trying to caveat things as much as she could. And now Donald Trump would have a uneasy alliance that he could try to drive a wedge through. Mm -hmm. I mean, this like, is the, these are all the, this is the strategy part of this where he's still a blunt instrument, but it's it's working as in, I mean, it's working as needed. Like this, this tweet, because he already knows that nobody on his, none of his supporters are going to have a problem with it. You barely have a problem with, you barely are seeing people have a problem with it in general who are any way, in any way associated with the GOP. They're just kind of quiet and sitting on their thumbs, freaking Mitt Romney making terrible, stupid, half-ass statement, like I mean, all that kind of stuff. This is the thing that does, that does baffle me. Cause I saw your tweet to Mitt Romney. Like, or you, you are yelling at Mitt Romney. I thought you, like, I thought you were, I've unfollowed that account or muted me or something no because you want to know what people put it in my discord people <laughs> they, they, they take screen grabs of you yelling at mitt romney and put it in my discord <laughs> like, i have no, did. <laughs> i have no idea what anybody wants mitt romney to do should he storm the white house and shoot the president like what what actual steps but what steps would make you happy uh um, that's a good question. More than, more than what he's doing now. It'd be nice if he used his position in the Senate to, I to don't do know, what? same as you're supposed to do. Hold the the executive branch to account by to do what? Do yeah. So, fo so exactly by what steps? What steps do you want him to take? Create a resolution. Have uh, put it before the the committee. A resolution that vote on to it. say we are very cross with you right now with your language, Mister. Yeah. Yeah, something what you want. more than that, so that more would, than what that they're would doing. Feel better. That would make you feel better if it were a resolution in the Senate and Justin, not a tweet. Listen, it would basically be it would have the exact same effect as the tweet, by the way. But it Justin, this is the thing, Justin, they would if I know this is ad nauseum, people do it all the time. But if things were switched and it was a Democratic president saying these things, impeachment inquiries would have started two and a half years ago. 
We wouldn't be this I, far. I don't, I don't think so. I don't know why you don't think that. The Republicans would lose their effing minds. Yes, no, and they would jump up and down and they would scream and yell and uh, there would be a vein visibly bulging in Sean Hannity's forehead uh, uh, and ratings would go up uh, for Fox News and everybody would be worried about uh, exactly all these memes that were going around on Facebook and that would be that. It would be the same thing. Mm, I don't know. They 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 started what impeachment. Would be, what would be the impeachment? I mean, again, it took Bill Clinton lying on tape for impeachment to be brought the last time, and it failed. I know. I'm not saying, okay, well, then what's the point? Why have it? Why have that 25th Amendment? Why have impeachment? Why have any of these things in place for what are supposed to be co-equal branches of the same government? Like, why even have so, it then? So you, all right, so then, then, let's, then let's get down to brass tacks because this is what you want. You want... Mitt Romney to support impeachment because of Donald Trump's tweet. No, I want him to uh, support impeachment because Donald Trump is a shitbag. And, and and it's not just the tweet and it's not just any of those things. It's the constant lies and it's the everything else and it's the palpable evidence that the dudes okay, freaking so, so 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 support impeachment. That's fine because that that's that is a that is a a a a, a step forward. As, aside from you didn't yell the right way, please yell differently. <laughs> So uh, I'm, I'm I'm with you. All right. So so you want Mitt Romney? Anything short of Mitt Romney saying I'm for impeaching the president because of conduct unfit for the, the for the office uh, that is not acceptable to you. That is half-assed. The full ass would be I I demand you support impeachment. That's full ass. Sure. That's full ass. Yeah. There's 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 some ass in between. But yeah, that's full ass. <laughs> okay, because that's the thing that I don't I don't get is when when people are yelling at Congress people and they're like, like oh like uh, they came out and said I think this is bad. Like what is your opinion? Your silence is deafening. I think it's bad. Not enough. No, that's not what a lot of them did. Some of them would. That's not what they did though. That's not fair. So they come out and they go. Okay. I mean, I don't know. My, Mitt Romney seemed. It said it was bad and ugly, and I don't like it. And then it is unbefitting of a president. I don't know. What Every else single one of those go. I am no way ever agree with anything these women do or say. But I also think the president maybe pushed it a little. Anyway, I got to go. That's basically it. That's what Romney but, did in that interview at the so freaking wait, so airport. So you want him to agree with AOC? I want him to. No, I'm not asking him to agree with anybody. I'm saying, can they can they decry this level of racism from the standing president of the United States? without all the caveats about how, well, I don't like these women either, but can they not, do they have to do that? Why do they have the to do that? What well, part of... Then F them, F them, and politics. They are literally, I mean, like, okay, yes, sure. Wait, so wait, uh, really? We, we've come to this <laughs> point to say that politicians have different, uh, uh, are, are totally parsing literally every word they can, and they're trying to cover every inch because they might at some point be attacked for it. That's where we've come. We are literally three years in to the most controversial presidency in the history of my lifetime. And this is our grand lesson that politicians are weak-willed babies <laughs> who don't say anything of any kind of consequence. Uh, really? Yeah. That's where we are now? No, that's where I'm at now. Well, then why weren't you there before? I was there before, but I had hope. I've lost it. I hope of what? I don't have hope anymore that any of this is for the betterment of anyone. I believe that this is all just sham and shit, and I'm tired of it. That's where I'm at. 
well, okay, cool. I got a great podcast you should listen to. It's called Politics, Politics, Politics. We've been here for a while. Here's your T-shirt. You'll get your souvenir cup in the mail. I'm just saying this week, if it's proven anything to me, is that I, I think I'm done with it. I think I'm done with it. And by done with it, I mean moving it out of my life. It's a personal decision. I can't do it anymore. I freaking hate so wait, it. What is what is what is not doing it anymore? I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with politics anymore. I don't want to think about it. I'm gonna get rid of that other account. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I hate I mean, it. I hate come it. On. Who's got Who's got the over under on the next? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna follow slow. political Scott again. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna send notifications. I can't look. I can't guarantee anything because when I'm mad, I need an outlet, and I just need sure. to. I need to get away from the parts that are making me mad. Cause I just can't do it anymore. Like it's just, it's freaking awful, man. I know it's always kind of weird in politics. I know it's always, you know, everyone biting and chewing everybody apart and doing all this stuff. But why are we so gullible for this? Why are we so freaking I mean, gullible look, for it? Number one, and and I don't want this to be a win for apathy because I don't believe that apathy is the answer to politics. I believe that engagement is the answer to politics, but I also believe that politics is a game of spin and messaging. Uh, politics is ultimately the reason why I focus on the show uh, on having this be about a set day where you have to marshal your forces to go out and press a button more than your opponents can get people to press a button is because ultimately that's what the, the method of government is. Now, we can debate all the important uh, uh, issues. We can debate all the important uh, uh, things that are happening because, yes, government can, is and will be a a a force for change and we can decide whether or not that change is good or bad and we can have good reason debates on exactly how those methods go to make sure that we make a more perfect union but when we torture ourselves by following along with every little breadcrumb of a roller coaster that's not meant to bring peace it is meant to bring war it is meant to sow discord then we do ourselves no service and and that is what i would say to you scott is is that's what I, I think you where, where where you could probably take a step back is like you don't need to follow every little up and down on this rage roller coaster because it's designed to incense. It's it is working effectively. The 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 difference is is that at the end of it, one side hopes that you vote for them and the other side hopes you vote for them. But both of them really really hope you're angry enough to do something. Yeah. Well, F them. I'm tired of being manipulated. And I am manipulated. I'm not saying this is anyone's fault but my own. But F them. F them right back to wherever they came from. How about that? Hey, <laughs> hey, Trump, how about go uh, tell your wife to go back where she came from? I'm going to start saying this all the time. I remember I told this story on Twitter this morning. When I was in junior high, my brother Matt, he's Korean. We adopted him. Okay? We're, on, we're waiting for the bus one day. Seventh grade. Uh, dude waiting for the bus starts calling him a chink out loud. And then says, um, he says he thinks, or if, if I can beat you up, you have to go back to the country you came from. And then my brother proceeded in the next 15 minutes or so to just kick this kid's ass. Two black eyes and a broken nose, or at least a bleeding nose. I don't know if it broke. Yeah. Um, and I realized that what we're, what's happening today is a lot of talk. It is a lot of bluster. It is a lot of whatever. But it's also a little bit of that guy. Like actual racist pieces of shit. Yeah. And, oh, 100%. And the exposure that they're getting right now because they have a uh they have a friend in the White House 
has just put me in this place of like, I just can't do this anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. And I, and I, and I don't like that feeling because part of me is like, well, I have a voice. I have, I should be able to say what I think. I should have an outlet for this stuff. But at the same time, I don't think I'm doing any good here. So I'm going to just do things on a local level, on a family level, on a friend level, and F the the national picture of this. Because F it. It sucks. It sucks big donkey wieners. You want to know what the funniest part about this? Is that normally that's where we're at right after an election. (laughs) (laughs) Is that normally the national patience has been eroded right after election day. And it didn't. Uh, And now we all find ourselves... Man, we thought it was really, 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 really important to work through winter break. But guess what? Monday's here. Now's the time when everyone's <laughs> going to be talking about everyone's going to be talking about politics for the next year and a half. This is only going to get, I mean, believe it or not, this will only get more intense. Oh, I will be will. shocked if I, I I will be shocked if I survive this next year and a half like the fact that i've like carved out a niche in which most people are upset with me because i don't i don't immediately agree with one side or another i i i'm just saying assassinations on the table like i'm not saying that i'm important (laughs) enough to get killed i'm saying it's at least something that should be on the vegas board it should be up there justin's assassination yeah at some point somebody might shoot me. no you don't want that i well, I don't want it. Jesus. I mean, I don't have a death wish. Yeah, let me, just, I, I, that, came that came out. That came out. It's going to get nasty. No, it's going to get worse. It's going to get way worse. It's going to get so bad. I have, I have thoughts and predictions about day one of a new administration where he won't leave. <laughs> I, like, I don't I really feel like that's possible. Or at the very least, if it's not possible, he he will he will sure make it seem like he, he won't leave. Oh, no, no, no. He's not going to. I mean, he's. He's not going to leave our lives. He's going to he's going to go and he'll he'll start his TV network and he'll be the loudest ex-president of all time. Like he, he already has what he wants. He's got his base and and he'll be a kingmaker forever. No, he needs to he'll die. Even if he loses, he'll be a kingmaker for it. Not forever. He'll die soon. Don't you worry. I don't this isn't a threat. <laughs> I'm saying he's going to die cuz he's old. And when he dies, it'll be great. And when his family realizes, oh shit, we're not good with the, uh, without him for this with this shitty thing we do, then hopefully they will die in the public consciousness and move on to other things. That's my hope. Is that old man freaking Trumpy pants will just fall over one day and be done with it, and we can move on, and it can be the most, the worst, the worst possible funeral in the history of presidential fun- funerals. I cannot wait for that funeral because. Nobody there is going to be legit, legitimately sad. You can call it dark all you want. I thought I brought it to a dark place when I said I might get shot. Good people die all the time. A holes live too long. That's all I'm saying. I mean, okay, all right. That, this <laughs> I feel like we are at a healing point. It's a Justin I, Robert Young, everybody, over at Justin like R. Young on Twitter. What? Sorry. Without without a camera on him, <clears throat> I'm, I'm imagining that jury didn't put on pants today, mm. and I'm. I'm just reveling in the fact that Jury's probably screaming his head off during this conversation in his underwear. And I love that. And I don't ever want you to tell me it's anything different. No, yeah. Just my jiggling belly as my (laughs) arm flab goes flying as I swing my arms in my head like E.T. Yeah. You got the the physique for radio. That's not true. You're a slim, fit young man these days. You are. Yes. You're making us all look bad. 
Uh, all right, Justin, anything else you want to say before we end this happy hour that we've had together? I saw Spider-Man. I really like Spider-Man. Yeah, I know you liked it more than I did, but I and I, but we really liked it. But you think it's the greatest MCU movie of all time. Brian, would you say that it's the greatest MCU movie of no. all time? I wouldn't no, either. I'd still say that, um, wow, the greatest MCU movie. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy for me is is a favorite. Um, I'd still put Winter Soldier on top for me. Yeah, Winter Soldier, maybe even uh, Civil War. But this is, you know what they, they, they have done, though? And I said this before, and I'll repeat it. Spider-Man, they have got Spider-Man absolutely right right now. Like, it's so yeah. right that it makes you forget how wrong it's been. And it's uh, it's so fun to watch it. And to still see that it's just a partnership with Sony. It's not even like, you know, this is truly officially under the um, under the Marvel banner in the way that the other MC well, movies Well, no, uh, uh, the, the idea... Marvel makes the movies. Right. Uh, Sony gets all the money for the Sony gets all the money for the box office. Uh, Marvel gets the rights to Spider-Man to plug him into whatever else they want, and they get the merchandising. Right. Which is like insane, and yeah. it's also why Spider-Man has to wear four outfits every movie because they need to sell four different. Oh my outfits. gosh! I didn't think about that. Night monkey suits are going to sell mm -hmm. a million of those oh, yeah. action figures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, but no, I, I so I I said I mean obviously that's a little bit of the Twitter troll in terms of you know, favorite MCU movie I do find to be a fairly worthless argument but I did love them I did really 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 love it mostly because man do I love that character the villain like I just think the fact that they've made two Spider-Man movies they are now they are now on the other side of a trilogy of a halfway of a trilogy. And they haven't even touched Spider-Man as the best villains. That I haven't even touched them. And the rumors they want to do Craven for the third one. And it's like I, I love, love, love all those villains. They just invented an amazing version of Vulture in the first one. Uh, for this one, they did. I can't. I mean, loving that villain, mm -hmm. I can't imagine a better version of it brought to the screen. It was every yeah. little thing that I loved about that villain. And beyond that, I don't know. I just thought it was. It was just a great spy movie. There was one scene that I felt was a little hollow, and it wound up being a really, really important kind of information dump uh, uh, that factored into to the rest of the movie. And other than that, man, oh, dude. I, I just thought uh, everything was played really well. All the little characters had great moments. The the moment with uh, Flash at the end at the airport, mm. like that to me is a sign of a great movie. And this is where... If I were to make the argument of why it is my favorite Marvel movie, it's because it treats, I mean, that he's like the sixth most important plot line, Flash is, mm -hmm. and he gets this very unfunny, unironic moment at the airport, and it totally recolors how you look at him throughout the rest of the movie. When you think back at all the rest of the movie, you just think of his character in a totally different way. Like, that is good writing. That's And, mm -hmm. and as much as Marvel gets characters well. I don't know if they ever, if like up until the modern movies, they've gotten plot as as well as they have. And this to me is the best. And even beyond Civil War, beyond Winter Soldier, uh, I mean, Infinity War and Endgame are just their own beasts. Like I don't even know if they you can like categorize them as as like movies as much as they are just like festivals, right? Yeah, that uh, thing's just a giant fan party and, and yeah in the best ways like it's i don't mean that negatively at all like it's mm -hmm. all good 
Uh, but it's I, like it, they almost Mandarin yeah. this thing though, and I think that speaks highly of the writing for this movie because I think that they Mysterio could have come off like the Mandarin did in Iron Man three. Oh, um, yeah. And I I didn't absolutely hate that, but it was this this retelling of a thing, right? It was a recreation of a thing, and that's kind of what they did here with Jake Gyllenhaal and the character of Mysterio. But they did it so well. That it didn't come no, but off. That, like but that Mandarin. is Mysterio. Mysterio is mm-hmm. what they did, the, you know, for for, for, sure. for the Mandarin. And yeah. I like the Mandarin. I like the way that they handled the Mandarin, mostly because it's like, oh, when, what year is this? And we're doing the Mandarin, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the Mandarin, uh, is a troublesome character. Like uh, I'm, I'm glad that they 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 took it in a weird direction because I, mm-hmm. I I wouldn't have liked it if they had gone any other way. The Jeremy direction, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was uh, fine. With, it was fine with me, but I know a lot of people had a problem with it. But uh, and that's fine, and they and they can do that. But but no, Mysterio is that dude. Yeah, Mysterio's mm-hmm. a fraud. That's what mm-hmm. makes him. That's what makes him fun. Is that he is out thinking, and also that they relied back on the idea that Spider Man has, uh, you know, a, an advantage with Spidey sense, and that was always the way that he would defeat Mysterio. Is that he would be able to see through the uh, uh, illusions to defeat him. And I thought that that was like. Just a great way to tell that story visually. They never, they never let go of what makes the new Spider-Man work so well, which is this is a kid dealing with kid life, and all this other insane, amazing stuff swirling around it is still at the, you know, it's at the, it's at the, the behest of his childlike way. Like he's still just a teenager, and there's just yeah. no getting around it. And that stuff matters. And when you're a kid and you're having responsibilities thrown at you. Like they just captured it with him, and it's Tom Holland's performance, it's the writing, it's all that stuff. Like, it feels like it's it can either would only get better from here, or they're going to screw up because it's it really is great. Like Stanley, I, mean, I can I can I can already think of a great Craven story, considering where that mid credit sequence ends. The idea mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. now the world's you know greatest hunter uh, could be hired by somebody to hunt Spider Man. Yeah, is now if he's if he's on the run, and now that's that's how they want to get him. That's amazing. Also, that last end credit sequence. There was another movie that Marvel did, whose name I forget, that came out before Endgame, uh, but I forget the name. That really <laughs> ruined uh, uh, my favorite element, one of my favorite elements of all Marvel comics, and I felt that they are at least now half redeemed based on that final. <laughs> what about uh, that what about that movie was that I came can't out remember before the end? name. I really can't remember the name. Uh yeah. but Marvel movie and it wasn't Endgame, but I can't remember the name, but it ruined those people yeah. uh, by making them just totally <laughs> cardboard cut out uh random aliens and I I really loved the idea that now we get a movie where you can they can demonstrate why they're powerful, yeah. why they're cool uh and now I just need bad ones. I don't like that though. <laughs> I didn't like that end credits thing. The mid one was fine. The end credits one bugged me because it just implied too many things that my brain was like, "Oh wait a minute, were they yes. ever there then? Like they weren't, were they? Okay, well that was never him saying that then. That, that like what? right. I hate right. that. I hate that. And feeling. it made you go back and analyze all their, all their um, interactions earlier in the movie and say, wait a minute, okay, so that was that? Yeah, even the common yes, interactions. No, that like, was great. I mean, no, he gets, it's not great. No, bad, I had bad. a little bit of a problem with that. Yeah, Fury, Fury is an idiot the entire movie. <laughs> and and so he totally explains that away. It totally makes it a, it, it totally makes it a, a great one-off now. And 
if you are paying attention, it totally sets up phase four. Like, well, I, why I, I that, is for sure? He, Definitely. Why is he watching that screen? What, what is he doing now? We're totally building a we're building a bridge between the the Earth and 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 the rest of the Marvel universe. I, I thought it was awesome. I don't, awesome. I don't mind that part of it. I just don't like retconning and whole movie and saying it's just, to me. It's like saying everything was a dream. Mm-hmm. I hate that. It's just too easy. It's like, oh, oh. none of that was real. I, I, oh, it was not real. Hey, thanks for two hours, but none of it was real. I hate that. I would, well, I, but none of it hinged on that plot point, right? No, I mean, it, it wasn't didn't. like, uh, man, I hate we, we're so edging into spoiler territory, but it's like uh, nothing. Uh, nothing major happened that would make that hinge on oh my gosh that horrible thing happened. oh but it was all a dream that part's okay. no, the only thing that happened was dude got played out for a sucker the entire movie <laughs> the entire well, movie hinges on the smartest most capable person in that universe being played like a total sucker and you're like oh i guess he's rusty uh, uh, and, then, and then there's an there, there's an explanation for it and he's he's up to busier more important stuff and I'll yeah. agree with you on that. My issue is, all right, Nick Fury, uh, Nick Fury would not give somebody a certain piece of knowledge that Nick Fury had uh, willy-nilly. What do you mean willy-nilly? He's up on the goddamn space station. <laughs> they were the... They were... <laughs> they're, they're all so- right, okay. If you haven't seen, if you haven't seen Far From Home, mute your, mute your podcast for, for a minute. Uh, starting now. Okay, okay, so I feel like so the the code that uh, Peter Parker gives Nick Fury over the phone to indicate that n- not everything is as it seems, uh, that uh, Mysterio is not um, is no, not Hogan. The, that Hogan does right. Happy. Hogan. I'm sorry. That I'm sorry. That Happy Hogan does. John Favreau does. Um, so we're saying that Nick Fury imparted that information to the scrolls. That seems crazy. It does seem crazy. He's like to give with the scrolls. Yeah. yeah, but that's but that is like that's the information that is the code that you hold in your pocket in case the scrolls do something bad all of a sudden. Yeah, it's like nuke codes. You don't give well, those. And to- also, we we got the sense that the scrolls sensed that there was something up. That like the way I read that scene was that the scrolls didn't exactly know what the f- was happening, Maybe. and they they mm-hmm. survived because they are survivors and they have super powers right you're, oh so you're saying that the code was irrelevant like that basically yes. they figured out that or they would have figured out also that mysterio was was BS. They, they, they found something was up as soon as well and also as soon as the drone tries to shoot him right like mm-hmm. and then they know for sure and so they they sense that there's something up but yeah no I, I thought that was the whole scene with fury and hogan when they're uh the last scene where they're together and hogan's like oh i'm glad you picked up on my code and they're like, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. Okay. All right. Okay. You know what? I, if, thought, I thought. I thought that was. I thought that was what that was about. It could be explained away as that. Yeah. And I'm not talking be- about something that happened 35 years ago, Dan Wally. I'm talking about, about. Okay, I'm going to be up on the uh, the she the sword station, which wasn't called the sword station, but it's yeah. the sword station. Right. And uh, um, but here's in case you guys run into any bad guys. Here's a code that somebody might give you that is used to imply that not everything is as it seems. And no, I mean I think this is this is basically for the scrolls for our scroll character. Oh yeah, we do that all the time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought this was basically they from their perspective. This is like, all right, they were meant to do a very simple thing. They were meant to give Spider-Man glasses. Mm-hmm. That was it, right? Mm-hmm. And then, then uh, they wind up getting like in overhead. This is like this is like their versions of like like adventures and babysitting, 
uh, and they are now totally over their head. But like everyone keeps looking to them for various different things, and so now they're like, okay, I guess we, like if everybody's singing, then we'll we'll, we'll hum a few bars uh, because everyone keeps looking to us because the world is ending, yeah. uh, uh, and we keep trying to get in touch with with Fury, but we can't get in touch with Fury. So uh, that is that is what it is. But I mean, I don't know to, for them to reestablish because I hate it. And again, God, I really wish I could remember the name of that movie. But I hated how they handled them. I hated that they made them good guys. I hated that they were just uh, uh, you know, short-term shapeshifters as opposed to what I've always loved about the Skrulls and what I think makes them such a great storytelling device is exactly what we saw in that movie. Mm -hmm. That they are long-term mimics. That they mm -hmm. will fool your family. They will fool your best friend. That this is what they do. And to reestablish that in, in a great movie and then reveal it as a surprise. Now, every time somebody is acting weird, you're always going to wonder if they're a scroll. And that to me sure. is the reason why you have them in your universe. Yeah, but I'm I, okay with that. That I do like. I don't like always wondering if someone's a scroll though. Cause then you're always wondering if someone's a scroll. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to go through all the Marvel movies coming up in phase four and go, was he real? Is that guy real? Uh, how about her? Is she real? Maybe she's not. Maybe she's a scroll. I don't like. I don't know if I like that. Just I kind of, love it. Uh, I think it's see. great. I think you can use it whenever you want. And of course, at some point they'll make you know the scroll detector or whatever, and they'll you know the, have somebody that'll be able to sense it, and and that'll be the way that you can get around your like. Oh my god! Every movie, every movie, we're gonna worry about it. Like at some point, Rocket Raccoon's gonna make a you know a a, a pager or something that'll go off anytime <laughs> that a scroll's around. <laughs> I hope you're right about that. That'd be great. Uh, all right. Uh, we have we have definitely covered both sides of the uh, spectrum today. A little bit of Marvel, a little bit of politics. Uh, if you'd yeah. like more from Justin, there's always more. Do you want to tell people what they can get and where to get it? Yeah. So, of course, we have the free political newsletter at freepoliticalnewsletter.com. But I've actually started kind of blogging. What? For like time and forever. Blogging. Uh, about politics. So I'm taking a lot of the stuff... Uh, if you just want an easy place where you can find uh, the political podcast, the political videos that I've been doing, uh, then you can go to politicspoliticspolitics.com. Nice. Uh, it's uh, it's all right there. People should go there. Go check it out. Justin R. Young on Twitter. Take it easy. We'll see you next time. All right. He's out. All right. Go put some pants on, jury. Yeah. Put your pants on. Put your put your hair in a bun. Let's make this happen. So I, so I need to see. I apparently need to see Far From Home again because Sidian is saying... Um, he's uh, uh, happy calls uh, Nick Fury and starts saying stuff, and then Nick Fury translates th that nonsense to be, um, what uh, uh, you know, what leads to the end credits or the post credit sequence. I think there's a little more to it than that. But in, wait, that happens in in Far From Home. In Far From Home, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I need to see. I apparently need to see the phone call again because I don't remember that phone call very much. At all, I guess maybe that's. I what thought there was. I thought there was. I thought there was more of a code that that um, uh, kind of like the most recent Agents of Shield. There's a code that's given. Hmm. All right. And I don't think in Rusty Nails, I don't think that is exactly the four, the five words that were said. I think you're paraphrasing, and I think there was something that that uh, that they knew. Yeah. Well, that thing will be on uh, some streaming service soon, probably. Probably, exactly. probably yes. the Disney one. Well, not soon, but yes, eventually. Probably this fall on Disney. Disney Plus, everybody. Catch it. Eventually. 
Uh, that's it. Let's get out of here. A reminder, this show is supported by you at patreon.com slash TMS. Uh, all you can do over there is all we need. We need whatever you can do because that's how we pay for the show. If you're looking to contact us, find archives of older shows. If you're looking for something more than 200 episodes ago uh, and you're like, man, why does this end here? Well, that's because we put it on another feed and that thing's like five megabytes or something by itself, which would kill me every month if I ran the whole thing. So we mm-hmm. made it separate. If you want to get all those older episodes all the way back to our original stuff, you can find it on the main page, frogpants.com slash TMS under the audio podcast section. Very, very simple stuff. Super easy. Um, leave us some more voicemails too, 801-471-0462. And you can leave us voice or emails at themorningstream at gmail.com. We are now going to get out of here. Yeah. Oh, Alex, you missed it, buddy. We played your... We played it. We yeah. played your voicemail and yeah. commented on it. Mr. Johnny come lately. After we wiped the the puke off the bottom of our i know <laughs> my ear this ear still rings it's weird <laughs> i still can't hear anything in my <laughs> gosh i've never heard a voice like that anyway uh, alex we love you go listen to it uh that's it brian you want to do a song to take us out yes i will uh luke wrote in and said hey sausage and bacon i have an anytime song request please play this whenever you have a spot to fill a friend of mine played the song for me from a record he has and i knew it was a cover i had to request thank you both and your guests for all that you do for us in the tadpole the tadpole is the greatest community there is uh here here i totally agree luke uh also known as a whatnot in the tadpole nice. so uh absolutely luke this is uh this is a great cover too one i haven't played on the show before keep in mind it's seven minutes long but uh it is so good actually it's only six and a half minutes minutes long um but this demonstrates some of the great early post-punk late 70s snarling punk that that um bands had and uh, uh a great example of this this is a burt Bacharach song um, I want to say that Dion Warwick was one of the first people to perform it, uh, but the Stranglers are performing it here, and they included it on their anthology album collection, 1987 to 1982. If you're not familiar with the Stranglers, by the way, put them in your Apple Music or your Spotify or Pandora and listen to some uh, some Stranglers. They are great. This is their cover of Burt Bacharach and Hal David's "Walk On By." Ah, uh, here it is. Then we'll be back tomorrow, right? Yeah, Wednesday. Nicole, we'll Nicole won't be here. She'll be on her way to Vegas for some uh, woodworking deal. Oh, will she? Yes. Hmm. That's what I've hmm. heard. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Um, she's avoiding my birthday. I mean, let's just be Apparently honest Apparently so. It. Yes. I don't blame her. I bet you um, wish you could. <laughs> yeah. I kind of do. Uh, but anyway, we'll be here. We'll be doing recommendals. And of course, Tom will be here. All the usual Wednesday uh, silliness. So come on back for that. We'll see you then.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. They're taught how it works by playing at being a computer. <laughs>